Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, becoming a billionaire doesn't come down to odds like the lottery, but it might be in the stars. Armed with Google and what we know about Andrew Carnegie, we're finding out about one of Pittsburgh's most famous sons by reading his signs, his birth chart, with astrologist Maggie Negretti. It's Thursday, August 11th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So Andrew Carnegie died 103 years ago today, um, but we have some caveats before we start this birth chart. So one part of astrology means taking into account someone's actual birth time. And obviously, I mean, you know, I'm not sure how they kept the records for birth times in the 1800s in Scotland. But from our research, we found that Andrew Carnegie was born November 25th at 6 a.m., in Dunfermline, Scotland. And that's the best I can pronounce it. Right, yes. The chart that we pulled is for that 6 a.m. Um, it's LMT uh, time zone wise. And we'll have to take all the house placements with some grain of salt. But yeah. I, a lot of these really do seem to be um, very applicable to what we know about his life. And now we'll get to read into maybe a little bit more about his personality that has been shielded from history, but... Yeah, so people who are into astrology or just getting into it might know their sun, moon, and rising or ascendant sign. But for Carnegie, what do those represent? When we look at the chart, the first thing that I always do is look at the ascendant, looking at the rising sign. Yeah, let's start with the ascendant. So yeah, the ascendant or the rising sign is really the personality and the persona that interacts with the outside world, Mm -hmm. how people perceive us. That's where, you know, if you've ever felt that disquietude of, well, I'm not like that, but why do people think of me that way? Well, that's a good example of how your ascendant can be very different from your sun's Yeah, Yeah, that's the one most people know. That's the day you were born. The sun is your ego, that more self-reflective identity, whereas your ascendant is really just how you come off, the mask you wear out in public. So for him, okay. he has that Scorpio rising. So there's a sense of mystery, intensity. He's a very passionate but controlling person. Mm. And themes of Scorpio are often tied with death and rebirth of the need to find vulnerability over obsession. And so this is connected right to his Mercury. Mercury is the planet of communication of our higher mind, the thinking mind. And so I think that's really interesting to look at his life where he started off as a telegrapher. People, they associate him with communication and can identify that maybe he's not educated, but learning and connecting and networking with people is very important to him. When we're talking about someone who, I guess, has placements to become wealthy, or it shows that they're maybe good with with money in their chart, where do you see that? Where can you find that? 
So when we're looking at career, income, and wealth in a, in a birth chart, we really want to look in three places. We're going to look in the second house, which is the house of income, values, possessions, and assets, how we earn our money. And then across the birth chart is the eighth house. I like to think of it as the house of vulnerability. It's mm-hmm. the house of gifts and can be represented through inheritances. So for Andrew Carnegie, he's got a pretty active second house, and he's got some important placements in his eighth house. Specifically, we have what we call the benefic planets, or the really positive, most touchy-feely, you know, optimistic placements. Those are Venus and Jupiter. So when we look at his second house... We have his Mars, which is his chart ruler, yeah. actually near conjunction to that second house cusp, showing just how much action oriented he is towards making money, that hustle. That's like mm-hmm. a beautiful example of a hustler right there. <laughs> um, and then across the line into the second house, he we have his Sagittarius Venus and Venus is our planet, I said, of values, of our sensuality, how we relate to the tangible material world. Mm -hmm. And when it's in Sagittarius, when it's in this second house, it shows us how he really has a philosophical love for arts, interior design and architecture. That all makes sense considering all the museums and yeah. yeah. Highly values um, his material possessions, Mm -hmm. money and his finances. It also shows that he could be a risk taker and a gambler in ways. So, you know, some of those early investments. Yeah. Having Venus there just shows how, He's probably very well liked by people he does work intimately with Mm -hmm. um, and is easy to win their affections and their money. When we then go across to that opposing house, the eighth house, we see Jupiter in Cancer. And now Jupiter is the planet of expansion. Wherever it touches, good luck and growth occurs. Yeah. Abundance follows. And so... When we see Jupiter in the eighth house, it's a sign that people really like maybe giving him some early investments. I I did read his Wikipedia last night because I was <laughs> really curious. And interestingly, I had written that having Jupiter in Cancer shows that there is potentially a way where he's making money through his his mother or some kind of matriarchal line. And I've mm-hmm. read that his first investment was uh, money that his mother had basically leaned against their house. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now 
to keep Yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. So I thought that was really fascinating to see that in his chart. That's why I think this is so you know, so interesting because it's really a statistical anomaly to become a billionaire. You know, it's not the odds are not in our favor. You, there's a lot that it takes to to amass that much wealth. I like to describe it to people as like you know this is just telling you what the potential energies are for you. I feel like we're getting a really good look at what Andrew Carnegie could have been like. I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't know him. Um, but he was the tycoon at the dawn of the labor movement. His terrible policies pushed people over the edge. People were killed striking from his businesses. You know, to amass that much wealth, especially back then, even today, you probably aren't the most ethical person Um but towards the end of his life, he gives all this money away. Do you think there's anything in his chart um, that you see that looks like he would be this philanthropic person? Right. So especially, you know, as I mentioned, the Sagittarius, he sees himself as a philosophical person, as a person who is really interested in a, a more global view of things and then we see his moon. His moon's in Aquarius. So Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian. Hmm. I think of it as the mad scientist, somebody who's really concerned with where they fit in the collective hmm. and, and how social dynamics and social structures affect us long term. And Aquarians are usually futuristic thinkers and Having a moon in Aquarius, I think he really felt deep inside that that was maybe where he was destined to be. He wanted to be known for, you know, these works of humanitarian philanthropic giving. He definitely might have really believed that him amassing this fortune was for the greater good. Yeah. Despite uh, what we now can see were really, really terrible exploitation of workers yeah there, there's not a there's not an ethical way to yeah. make to become the world's wealthiest person right and so i think it's interesting that um the the sign that's overshadowing this the, his aquarius placements in his third house is capricorn which is capricorn is the sign we associate with business acumen with uh investment and reaching towards these long-term goals again so how that is overshadowing most of his young life uh, and his early life until he's able to bring out his more humanitarian side and start trying to give away that money and, and create opportunities for other people. Yeah, he wasn't so terrible. He gave away or endowed most of his money in his final years. He famously said, uh, the rich man who dies rich dies disgraced. 
He also didn't believe in generational wealth because he, I guess, he preferred to give his money away to, you know, universities. There's Carnegie Mellon University. There's all the Carnegie libraries here, parks, theaters, the museums, so much more. Um, Maggie, this was really interesting. Where can people find you if they're looking to learn a little bit more about about all of this, about astrology and everything that comes with it? So you can find me on Instagram. That's the probably the best place to connect to me. I'm La Mama Magia. That's L-A-M-A-M-A-M-A-G-I-A. And I post about uh, regular transits of astrology. I also do birth chart readings and synastry, which is compatibility charts. So find me online and let's work together. Some more news before you go. The Labor Day Parade is coming back next month. It'll be the first return since the pandemic canceled everything in 2020. It's hosted by the Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council, and it's special, too. They say it's one of the largest and oldest Labor Day parades in America. All you Highland Park pool snobs will have to pack it up for the summer. That's me. The pool is closed for the rest of the season because of damages from heavy rain. And then that mudslide last week, mud got into the main pool and the kiddie pool. So they had to drain them. So to accommodate the extra hour of lap swim that Highland Park offered, the Bloomfield pool will be extending lap swim starting at 11 a.m. for the rest of the season. That's only like a couple weeks. The city suggests going to nearby pools like Bloomfield, McGee, Ammon, and Shenley. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. It's a full moon tonight witches if you enjoyed our witchy little show tell a friend and please vote for us in the city paper best of pittsburgh contest you can vote from our social channels and at pittsburghcitypaper.com just scroll to the people and places category we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city we'll see you then Okay, I'll stop this.